Today is the first Sunday after Epiphany, the Sunday, as we just heard, of the baptism of our Lord Jesus. And I'm going to ask you to lean in. I'm going to ask you to be present and be honest with yourself. If you're a writer or a doodler, I encourage you to take out a piece of paper and take note of yourself. Take note of what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. Because this moment of Jesus' baptism was pivotal. Yes, Jesus had come into the world, but this was the moment of his public ministry. This was the moment when everyone knew for sure this is God's Son. We're not messing around. Jesus was about to begin his public ministry. And he did so with humility and submission, allowing himself to be baptized by John, the Son of God. Can you imagine being in John's bare feet that day? So this baptism of Jesus, it really acted as Jesus' inauguration into public ministry. This is his launching pad, his commissioning to begin to share the healing and wholeness of God with the entire world. So my first question for you today is, if you have been baptized, how are you living out your baptism? I think it's easy to see baptism as sealing the deal. Like, okay, good. I'm good for eternal life. I'm ready. I'm in. And I read this story this week about a boy named Kyle. He was a teenager, and he and his family had been attending this church on a, on a kind of sporadic basis for a while. But someone invited Kyle to be a part of the baptism classes. And so Kyle attended, and he was at every class, and he was an eager participant. The pastor was so encouraged by what he was learning and sharing and how he was growing. And on Easter Sunday, everyone celebrated as Kyle was baptized. But after that, the family sort of disappeared. And, and the pastor thought, what, what's going on? This doesn't calculate with the, the boy and the family that I just saw. And so the pastor made contact with the family, and he realized quickly where the miscommunication had happened. As the mother said, oh, I thought Kyle was done. I mean, he was baptized. And so the pastor apologized profusely for not articulating that this is really the beginning. This is a confirming of your faith, but this is paired with a commissioning to go to live a life like Jesus, to join in the work that Jesus is doing in and through the church. And they were thrilled to find out this wasn't the end in and of itself, and they were there the very next week. But I wonder for how many of us we think baptism is an end in and of itself. Might I say if that's the case, we're dead in the water. 
Because baptism is about being raised to newness of life. That's what the Apostle Paul says in Romans 6, 3-5. He says, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized with Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? But we aren't just submerged and held there to die. We are raised. We've been buried with him by baptism so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. So how are you living in newness of life? How are you living made new? How are you walking in the resurrection of Jesus? Because we are baptized into the same work Jesus was baptized to. It's not an end in and of itself. It's the beginning of our ministry. The beginning of our joining Jesus in his work. The beginning of our partnering to bring healing and wholeness into the world. To live changed lives. We cannot call ourselves Christian unless our lives look like Jesus and we bring his healing and wholeness into the world. To put it a different way, maybe a little more bluntly, if we are not living like Jesus and we're not bringing his healing and his wholeness into our world, then we are not actually Christians. We're just, that's a name, that's a checkbox on a list. We're definitely not living on our baptism if we don't live like Jesus. If people don't maybe even confuse us for Christ himself. So here's another question I'd like to ask each of us, myself included. What does your life say to others? I mean, let's be real with ourselves. When people observe your life from a distance, maybe they don't know you, what do they see? Think of your actions this week. What do they see in you? Do they see you driving too fast past their house? Do they see you demanding a refund at the service desk? Do they see you throwing dirty looks at them when they cut you off on Telegraph? Do they see you ignoring them and they've lived next door for five years? Do they see you tossing a few charity dollars and feeling good about yourself? I've heard stories, many stories, in recent weeks about people that I know who call themselves Christians, who go to church more regularly than most, but who are living in such a way that the people who are talking about them don't think they have anything to do with God. They're wondering, why did they live, they go to church? What do they act like at church? Because that's not what I see. As James says, brothers and sisters, this should not be. What does your life say to others? What about when someone hears you talk about someone else? 
Are your words cutting or gossipy or slanderous or unkind? What do your family members think about you? How do you treat them? Do your actions and words make them feel like they're in the presence of Jesus? And, and to turn it into a positive light, what virtue shines through your life? Do strangers and friends think you are kind? Would they say that you're merciful, that you let people off the hook? Do they say that your loving spirit is evident to everybody and they're just not sure why you act that way? Does your generosity go before you? Do you own up to your missteps and your unkind words quickly and often? So if we believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and we commit to following him, then our lives will be transformed. They must be transformed. The fact that people have a bad opinion of Christians is our fault. We must live like Jesus. Because the power of the Holy Spirit, the good news of Jesus, will change us if we let it. You have to let it. We have to be with Jesus. We have to confess. We have to read God's word. We have to be in the presence of God's people. We have to let people see how we are different. Because then they will want it for themselves. This is the kind of evangelical we want to be. Richard Foster, he's the author of this book, uh, Streams of Living Water, where I got the six streams from. And in the, about the evangelical life, he says, to live an evangelical life means we are enabled by the power of God to take the word of the gospel into our hearts in such a transformational way that others, seeing this, want it for themselves. The evangelical stream addresses the crying need for people to see the good news lived and hear the good news proclaimed. The world is desperate for the good news. The world is sobbing in grief and pain for the desperate, desperate for the healing and wholeness of Jesus. This is what it means to be evangelical. It's not a political position. It's about living the good news. It's about embodying the good news of Jesus. It's about people confusing you for the good work of God. For living out the way that Jesus lived out his life. So a question we can all ask ourselves now is, do people look at me and see Jesus? How is my life proclaiming the good news of Jesus? If you're not sure, then now is the time to make that change. 
Don't wait. I say these hard things not because it's hopeless, but because there is hope. Isaiah 42 that we read just a few minutes ago said, See, the former things have come to pass. New things I declare. There's always hope. There's always healing. There's always wholeness. And real transformation starts now. Don't wait. If you feel like you're not living like Jesus, that can change. Confess it. Own it. Come to the Holy Spirit. Be honest with yourself and with God. Confess the ways you fall short of living like Jesus. If you don't have a desire to live like Jesus, ask for it. Ask the Holy Spirit. Give me a desire, a craving to live like you, to be whole and healed, to admit my brokenness, to share that healing and wholeness with the world. Ask Jesus how you personally, not just as a Christians or as a church, but you individually are supposed to join Jesus in his work of bringing healing and wholeness to the world. So whether you've been baptized at your birth, whether you were baptized recently, or you've never been baptized, I invite you to confess the name of the Lord Jesus, to be baptized if you never have been. We'll be baptizing people hopefully on, on uh, Easter Sunday that's coming up. Or you could reaffirm those baptismal vows and say, I am stepping into this again. I'm living like Jesus. I'm committing to live like Jesus and I'm confessing how I haven't. Our friend, our loving Jesus, I ask you to deal tenderly with us today. Hold our hand as we face our truest self. As we, as we are saddened by the way that we live, give us hope, help us to change. God, if we are convinced that we are doing the right thing, that we are joining you in your work, God, encourage us to keep on keeping on. Encourage us that our labor for the Lord is not in vain. God, help our lives, each one of our lives, to be characterized by your love, your joy, your peace, your patience, by kindness and goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Help everyone to say that we love like God loves. We come now to your holy table to repent and come to you again. In Jesus' name.